And the word was made flesh and dwelt among us full of grace and truth. In the world's great monotheistic faiths, the relationship between the word and the flesh is critical. For the Jews, the word begins in the Decalogue of the giving of the law, and from then on, humanity is the transferer and protector of this given truth. It's a wonderful set of principles and ideals, the great Ten Commandments. In Christianity, the belief is that Jesus Christ is the word made flesh, called technically the incarnation, and through him the word is made known. And in Islam, the prophet Muhammad is the carrier of the word and brings its truth to humanity through those who follow him. But the story of the first Christmas night is one of humility and wonder. In a young Jewish girl, the creator of the universe finds a willing heart and mind to say yes to God's request for cooperation and hope. So frustrated is the God of Israel that he looks for just one human being who will say yes. One human being who will say yes to his word of hope. He finds it in Mary from Nazareth, who in spite of ridicule and obstruction and alteration, seeks to what she believes to be her destiny, and in so doing enables God to come to earth in the Christmas story. The story of the first Christmas day is one about human reactions to the discovery of a baby in a manger and how each player in the event reacted to that event. Shepherds were sensitive to their sheep and with eyes attuned to the night sky saw a sign which alerted them to move towards the light and they were amazed when they found a young Jewess with a baby in the outhouse. Wise men, astrologers, students of the solar system were ending a journey destined to change their lives with political overtones. And they saw an early version of spin and avoided psychophantic Herod with his death wish and left for home by a different route. What a strange man he was. Angelic messengers were overworked as they desperately tried to convince skeptical human beings that God was at work in his universe. They still have the same problem. What sounded and looked like good news to some by others was interpreted as loony cranks fooled by religious freaks. By looking at some of the cards that are on sale in the shops today, they haven't got it wrong. And at the heart of it all was a family, Joseph, Mary, and a baby newly born. The most ordinary event of all human experience, except if you ask a mother or a father what birth has meant to them, they will often describe it as a miracle. The biological explanation of birth is interesting, but does not explain how love can turn into life. How love can turn into life. For those with an open mind, all birth leaves a possibility for God. But in the birth in Bethlehem, God was at the center. Joseph had to believe in Mary. Mary had to believe in Joseph. And Jesus had to believe in both of them, upon whom he now depended. 
It was a partnership between the Holy Family and their God of trust, hope, and a reason to live. And it was an inclusive birth, not exclusive. This birth brought all of humanity into one story. It binds the history of the Old Testament and the development of ancient culture into a time of transition. Jesus Christ becomes the rock on which the Old Testament knowledge of faith is expressed in Jesus as the rock of faith. And this is the amazing truth that in Mary, this young Jewish girl from the north, becomes a model for religious diversity. Raised a devout Jew, transformed into an early Christian, honored as the mother of a prophet in the Quran, this Mary binds together the great monotheistic faiths of the world. And we find in each other a common humanity which should bind and not destroy. And the mother of Christ is our common mother who holds this diversity together as one strand of human history, uniting and not dividing. But the world would have it otherwise. For in emphasizing the difference between us, the diversity is not seen as strength, but as a weakness and a division. By this means, people of faith are targeted as perpetrators of discord and their very faith the center of conflict. This I would suggest to you at Christmas is a gross travesty of the truth. And Mary at Christmas time dispels this arrogance of lies by her simple testimony of belief in a God of hope. Of course, faith can be used in evil ways just as atheism can cause of stumbling and death. But honest searching for the truth unites humanity in a quest for a common purpose and a common goal. And the message of each Christmas is give God a chance. Give God a chance. Stop and think in the rush of this world what life and your life is really about. Don't pour the same contempt on belief as those who are afraid to think. Christmas is a time of possibilities, of new hope, and above all, innocent belief in a future for everyone. And in the Bethlehem story is to be found the secret of life, that within each one of us there stirs a potential for a new innocence and belief in each other. And that's what's missing. That's what's missing. An innocence in a belief in each other that we, each one of us, really matter. That's the secret of Christmas. And that's the God of hope. You've come here tonight to this ancient city church celebrating Christmas on this spot for over a thousand years. For hundreds of years, men and women have come to this heart of our city and heard again the story of the birth of Christ. Tonight, gardeners, whose motto is, in the sweat of thy brow, shalt thou eat thy bread, come to pay their respects to the King of Peace. Because although this is a festive celebration and a nosh-up, it's also putting us round this great Henry Moore altar, eight tons of Carrara marble, 
which is a symbol of eternal hope. That's what it's about. And it's none other than God himself who was born in that stable at Bethlehem, human flesh of human stock, and in this fact of history we are reminded that this baby grew up into a strong man who challenged the phony with his life and words, which led him to a cruel death on a cross, but resurrection hope. He will not lie down, nor will he stay a midget in the crib. He'll bounce out and ask each person what they really think of life. And the mystery of the Christmas story is to be found in each heart and mind, just as it was on the first Christmas night, found in the heart of Mary and Joseph and the baby Jesus Christ in his mother's arms. Christmas is no easy option. And I can see there are a number of skeptics sitting around here, and I respect them for their skepticism. But lest you take skepticism in place of faith, stop and think for a moment about the possibility of this story. It's no easy option. If you dismiss it, come up with some sensible alternative. Take courage, look at the words of Scripture again, see what they actually say, test them yourself by what you think and what you believe, and see whether Christmas is actually nonsense or utter sense? That's the question that you should ask yourself this Christmas time. And gardeners who've got the gumption to come here, give up some time to sing carols and hear the words of God, actually are about thinking and doing. So a very happy Christmas to each one of you. May the company grow and flourish and if you're a skeptic, good luck. And if you're not, have a go at me afterwards. I'd be delighted. But above all, keep your mind and heart open to the possibilities that a God may actually have come down to earth. Amen.